Hello, and welcome back to Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. I'm your host, Al Sedano, and with me this time from the Sentinel Liberty Podcast, which, in case you didn't guess, is all about Captain America, we have Grant Richter. Did I get that right? Yes. Excellent. Yes. Let, let's jump into action. Yes. <laughs> How you doing, Grant? I am doing not too bad, Al. <laughs> Thank you. How are you? I'm fine. Okay. A little better than you, I think. Yeah. What you said. Probably. Yeah. I'm starting to starting to get a little bit under the weather, but I'm hanging in there. Well, yeah. That and you've also had House of Sick. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a it's a quarantine zone around here right now. The, yeah, the only most... Corona, I, the only Corona I want is the kind that comes in a bottle. I don't want the. <laughs> no, you don't want the virus. No, no, thank you. I'm good. Well, you know, I saw something online. You drink bleach. I think that'll take care of it. Oh, well, yeah. well I do that anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, well, I got nothing to worry about. I think it was some. I think it was shared from some kind of anti-vax place. Yes, uh, the, the the underbelly of the internet. One of the underbellies of the internet. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's mostly under. Actually, the underbelly of the internet is like being polite and you know respectful to people. That's well, what I decided I was going to do is going to go to goop.com and pay like five thousand dollars for a gold unmentionable, and I figured that would just that be a cure all. Oh, there you go. That sounds good. So yeah, that has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about today. No. So not don't unless worry. we die. Not unless we die. Then it might. No, that's true. But then again, depending on when we die, that you might not hear this anyway. That's true. Yeah. So yeah. don't die. Don't check. Uh, I, mark, mark that off the two Lewis. Do not die. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, check. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about death and resurrection in the Marvel Universe. Because it came back to uh, a tweet that you did a few months ago saying, <laughs> hey, I, I can't find it right now, but basically you, you saying something along the lines of, I wonder, has death in the Marvel Universe changed since... Mistress Death brought back Thanos in Silver Surfer number 34 right. back in 1990. We thought yeah. that'd be a fun thing to talk about. Yeah, because from just an off-the-cuff perception, it seems like there were, there were a few people that supposedly came back from the dead before Death brought back Thanos. But after Death brought back Thanos, it seemed to have, that's when the revolving door really started. And... I I was tweeting, wouldn't it be fun if Marvel explained why it's easier for people to come back from the dead in the last 30 years? Instead of it being a narrative coincidence, it's like, well, because this happened, this is why people are able to come back from the dead. It's kind of like a metatextual little poke in the continuity. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to just talk about Things that have happened in death in the Marvel Universe and the different types of deaths and resurrections, because there are a couple different types of resurrections. Right. And our theories and thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, meet your Thunderbolts. The Thunderbolts? Are they the exciting new heroes the world needs? Thunderbolts, strike! Today makes at least half a dozen times these Thunderbolts have done the job we used to depend on the Avengers for. It allowed us to move among you, disguising who we really are, the Masters of Evil. In what is now becoming an old story, the Thunderbolts once again save the city. Enough of this hero talk. You will do as you're told. He's right. You may be wearing a songbird costume, but underneath you're just screaming me. I can expose all of you right now. You see, you really have no choice. You know what? We're done playing these parts. It's time to live these parts. No one betrays Zemo. Figures just when we go in on this hero thing, our blood runs out. Avengers, Defenders, Thunderbolts, I make any team better. We're Norman Osborn's A-team, and he's the big man in charge now. This isn't the team I used to lead. You, honey, are under arrest. You have to fight for what's right. Every single day, bulletproof skin or not. The Thunderbolts have worked hard to change people's minds about us. But apparently, we've got a ways to go. Justice, not entirely dissimilar to Lightning, a Thunderbolts podcast. Now playing on fanholspodcast.blogspot.com. 
All right. So first of all, we want to do a little bit of uh, setting the stage. So when we're talking about a character being dying and being brought back, specifically they're being brought back, there's a couple different ways it's done. There's the one way which we're kind of talking about now, which is the character was actually dead. They were they died. There's a period where they were no longer living, and then something was done to bring the character back to life. Right. Thanos in is a good example. Right. Yes. In universe, yes. Yeah. Thanos. Um oh my god, I had another thought in my head all of a sudden I forgot them now. Adam. Nightcrawler. <laughs> yeah. Where they Nightcrawler. literally in the beginning of that series Amazing X Men show him in heaven. Right. He was dead. Right. For sure. Now, uh, there's also character oh sorry, what are you gonna say? No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll say there's also characters who have been quote unquote brought back. But the way they were brought back is that it was they never actually died. We just didn't know that or, you know, didn't see it at the time because it's a retcon. Now, sometimes it works. Sometimes it's stupid. That's up to you to decide. Uh, some examples of that would be Bucky Barnes coming back as the Winter Soldier. Right. Um, Jean Grey slash Fe- Jean Grey coming back after the Phoenix died because it was shown that it was not Jean Grey. Right. So therefore, she never actually died then. Uh, Aunt May coming back because it was an actress pretending to be Aunt May that no one knew about. Right, you right. Know, Peter never even got, knew it wasn't his aunt. Like I said, you might like them. You might think it's stupid. Doesn't matter. The point is, in the universe, the, 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 the way it goes is that, nope, they never actually died. And then there's, there's some characters that kind of meld the two. There's characters that have seemingly died, only to have been retconned that it wasn't really them that died or, or something, or they weren't really dead, and then later actually died, and then were actually resurrected. And there's a couple of those that we're going to talk about as we go along, too. Oh, I didn't know about that one, so that should be fun. Yeah. So, who would you like to start with? Well, let's start with uh, one of the big ones that everyone uses at the joke for people in the Marvel Universe who die and come back. Mm-hmm. The X-Men. Right. There's a bunch of them. I'm Uh, thinking of one of the big ones. Yeah. Uncanny X-Men number 227, which does come out, though, before this whole Silver Surfer issue of of, uh, Thanos being brought back to life. Because that was 87 or 88. Yes. It was the Fall of the Mutant story. The entire team of X-Men is killed and used as, like, part of a magic spell by Forge to lock the, uh, what's his guy's name, the adversary away. Right. And then Roma, who's basically a kind of like a goddess in charge of like an entire group of uh, of uh, universes, brings them back shortly after. So they're not that long. Only right. for like, you know, I don't know, an hour. And I would even argue that they were never even technically dead. I would argue that their bodies were converted to energy that still contained their life force. And then Roma just stuck their life force back into, you know, new bodies. Um, it, it, I don't know. It feels like if you're not if you if you're not dead for at least a few issues, it doesn't count. If you die in the issue and then are resurrected in that same issue, it, it feels like a cheat to me. A little bit, but since yeah. they were, it, it, she does say they're dead. I go with that. That's true. So now, technically, they died, but right. you know, again, again, also think about that though. How much more difference is that than let's say if somebody has a heart attack and their heart stops and you give them CPR and bring them back a few minutes later. I mean, they right. did die. That's a, that's a really good analogy. Yeah, they, they didn't have time to move on. They, if you, if there, there is an afterlife in the Marvel universe, if you don't have time to move on to the, to the afterlife, I don't think you count as being dead. Yeah. They were sort of dead. Right. Sort they're, of dead. They were mostly dead. Right. Yeah. Mostly dead. is slightly alive. Yeah. All dead. Well, with all dead, there's usually only one thing that you can do. What's that? Go through his clothes and look for loose change. Right. Now, another pre-Thanos death, and Al's already covered the other big one, which was the, which was Jean Grey slash Phoenix, is the Red Skull. In the culmination of the John Walker story arc that I talk about a lot on Twitter, uh, we get the reveal that the Red Skull has been quote-unquote resurrected in the cloned body of Steve Rogers. He had died 
at the end of the J.M. DeMatteis run, where it's revealed that he's now an old man. He ages Steve Rogers, the old man. They have an old man fight. Oh, that's like, what, 298 to like 300, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. One of those issues is like the whole origin of the Red Skull. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I know. I read that one. I just want to make sure I'll tell the right thing. Yeah, I think 300 is where they revealed, you know, it's got like that image of uh, Walker in the Captain America costume and then Steve Rogers in what would become the U.S. agent costume, like coming at each other, like fists up. Um, and that's where they revealed that the Red Skull was actually alive. That that I don't think counts as a real death, because from my perspective, the way it looks is the skull is still dead. What you have in the quote-unquote resurrected is Red Skull 2.0. You have a clone of the Red Skull's mind in a clone of the Red Skull's body. Now, it may be either that or the Red Skull's actual brain was taken out of his original body and put into the Steve Rogers clone's body. So either he never truly died or the original is still dead and this is a clone. So to me, that doesn't count. Now, that's going to be the first example of people that were retcon resurrected and then were later resurrected, resurrected, which I'll talk about a little bit later. And actually, what you'd say, there's a couple other examples of that. I was thinking about that when I was reading about those. Like, does this clone thing kind of count as the person coming back? Like, uh, for instance, apparently that's how they brought back the Black Widow recently. And yeah. that's also the whole basis of the whole thing of going on with X-Men right now. Right. It's just every time one of them dies, apparently they're keeping a up somehow an update of their mind and just basically uploading that, then the, the memories that they saved into a clone body. Right. With the same powers. So the question is then, is that the same person? I mean, it kind of gets a little metaphysical. Like, yeah, does I, the soul still exist there? Or like, is do you, how long do you have to be to get a soul? Like, could there be like five souls of somebody dead up, dead up in mutant heaven? See, I don't, I don't, I haven't read that far yet because all that's available right now in Marvel Unlimited is House of X number one, which I just read later earlier this week. So oh. I don't really know a whole lot about that yet. I know from like listening to little snippets of what Jason talked about on on the Snitcast, which I'm trying not, to, I'm trying not to listen to his current stuff because I don't want to spoil it. But I, you know, get little bits on Twitter. I think what Hickman's doing is going to be a complete game changer as to how death works in the Marvel universe. I think we have before. Death bringing back Thanos was stage one, I think, between Thanos' resurrection and um, HOXP, Hoxpox, is stage two. And then everything post-Hoxpox is going to be stage three, is how death works in the Marvel Universe. I think it's going to be a complete game-changer. I think so. Yeah. But anyway, um, I'd mentioned that how Red Skull is a little bit of both. Because... For years, Red Skull runs around in the clone of Steve Rogers' body. And again, it's either the Red Skull's brain, the original brain, and the clone, which means he's never really dead, or he's just a clone, which means he was never really brought back. He goes along for years. The Mark Wade run begins where the Red Skull gets a copy of the Cosmic Cube, and then he tries to use it, and Steve Rogers throws his shield, cuts off the Red Skull's hand, which causes the, the Cosmic Cube to explode, and kills the Red Skull. He is dead. But then he's later later resurrected by it's you originally think it's Kang, but it turns out to be um, uh, Korvac, uh, which is the oh, stupidest yeah. resolution to a really really cool storyline. Awesome storyline, stupid resolution. Wasn't that the I, issue Mark Wade wanted his name take off taken off of? Yeah, because he he had like a whole thing planned out, and then. Um, uh, What's his name? Busiek said, well, no, I need Kang for Avengers Forever. And then editorial sided with Busiek. So that's when uh, that's when Wade had to do something else and, and use Korvac. Uh, but, uh-huh. but the point is, he was like for real dead. He was in like he was in a version of, of hell, more or less. And then his, he was literally brought back in a new body with his original, you know, so... I think that counts as his original body being reconstructed in a new form. So that, to me, is is a full-on resurrection. Makes you wonder, then, like you said, a little metaphysical. Like, does that Red Skull, then, is this... Does he just have the memories of the clone one, or if that was a clone? The way I've always thought of it is... I've always thought of it as a copy of his, of his mind, being in the Steve Rogers clone body. The, the way I've always thought of it 
is that when the clone died holding the cosmic cube, that it kind of sort of merged with his original self metaphysically, and that's what was resurrected. So still the actual spirit of the original Red Skull still is now back. That's the way I view it. I'm sure if, you know, if I were to magically get an interview with Mark Wade, he would probably tell me, no, I'm wrong. But just as the reader and someone who's read that storyline like a bajillion times, that's how I've always viewed it. Well, that's nice about the headcanon, unless something explicitly contradicts it. Right. If it's one of those little things like that that you're probably not going to get an answer from in story anyway. If it works, it works. Right. And then you know, then you get into the whole thing later in Rick Remender's Uncanny Avengers with the another clone of the Red Skull. So I don't even want to get into all that, but because <laughs> Rick Remender's stuff is awesome, but it makes me depressed, so I try not to read it too much. <laughs> I can read about one Rick Remender story arc a year, and I have to go. Nope, I'm done. <laughs> get bummed out. Okay, had a good cry. I'll come back to you like next year, Rick. It's just so dark, so so dark. Was he the one writing Uncanny X-Force? He did Uncanny X-Force, which was uh, yeah. super... But this is the best interpretation of Deadpool I've ever read. Yeah, it was a great X-Force book. Yeah, yeah, it's where they... It, actually, he writes Deadpool as an actual insane person who's just like... when they, The best one is like where he looks like he's breaking the fourth wall, and then somebody walks in and goes, Who are you talking to? And he's, ta- he's just talking to himself in the mirror. Like, oh, that's brilliant. Oh, that's so good. Well, that's how it would be to anyone who, if he is, even if he is breaking the fourth wall, that's how it would be to everyone watch, watching him. Right. So, that's the great thing about that. It's like, you don't know, if, you know, is he crazy or is he actually breaking the fourth wall? I guess it all depends on your perspective. To right. us, he's breaking the fourth wall. To Wolverine, he's crazy. Right. Plus the scene where he's feeding Archangel little bits of his arm. What am I eating? If I tell you, do you promise to keep eating it? <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I now want to see a Deadpool Animal Man crossover in my Grant Morrison. Oh, wow. That would be <laughs> oh so much. Ugh. I don't right. like Deadpool. <laughs> anyway, so I have another group I just found about recently who were okay. definitely resurrected. And this mm-hmm. is a very recent one. It's 18 characters. I don't know if you've read enough in your cap run to know who these are. I'm going to give you a few of them. So I'm just going to see if you guess what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Basilisk, Birdman, Blue Streak. Oh, all the five. people killed by the Scourge. Yeah, everyone who yeah. was killed by the Scourge in that one bar. It was like Cap 319. He kills 18 supervillains. Mm-hmm. In 2000, I think it was like 2008 or nine. in, a, in The Punisher, the Hood used magic gained from Dormammu to resurrect all of them to go after the Punisher. That's brilliant. So, I, definitely I nev- dead. I, I would never have thought of that, because, like I was telling you before we started recording, I don't like Bendis, so I didn't read any of the stuff with the hood. But, yeah, that's that that's wasn't um, That wasn't Bendis writing it, though. What? Okay. Not, not, not that, he didn't write Punisher. Oh, that was, but that was the Bendis era, though, right? Well, yeah, that was like, yeah, when the hood, it was yeah. like 2008, 2009. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was tuned out of Marvel at the time, but I yeah, that's the that's a, that's really cool though. I, I like that they did that. That's pretty neat. That's I kind of have to go back to, to read that because like Turner D Century, Birdman. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to see them fight the Punisher. Right. That's that was pretty pretty funny. And I know like one of them came back in like the nineties, like the late nineties Deadpool series, Vamp. Uh, oh. Yeah, the one that can turn into like a big caveman dude. But, yeah. Oh, I remember that one. That's right. Yeah, sexy lady that turns into like big. Big caveman guy, yeah. So, we talked about that. So, like we said, let's go back to the original point then. So, has there been much of a change in since that, um, in basically, Thanos coming back, Infinity Gauntlet? Mm-hmm. I See, yeah, I don't know if there's a exact reason has been given in-universe. Out of universe, it's kind of an obvious answer. It's the same reason we have Barry Allen back as the Flash and Hal Jordan back as Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. The people who were reading those books before are now right are old enough in writing them, and they want to bring back all the characters they read about. Right. Yeah. It's 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 or just you know editorial said, well, the kids like this guy back in the day or this lady back in the day. Let's bring them back and make some money. So honestly, I wouldn't be surprised in another ten to fifteen years we had a new crop of writers, and all of a sudden they're bringing back all the characters who replaced those guys again. Uh-huh. 
because that's who they were reading. So, you know, Kyle Rayner, you know, might get more prominence and all That'd that be stuff. nice. I like well, Kyle. Oh, yeah, I like Kyle. I prefer Wally. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, because I liked Wally because Wade was writing him. <laughs> but, yeah, those are, those are, those two were definitely my Green Lantern and my Flash. That's the out-of-universe reason, but I don't know if an in-universe reason has been ever given, actually. I mean... I don't think so. And I, you, you're more familiar with the cosmic stuff than I am, so I feel like if it was coming from anywhere, it would come from that corner. And you, and you would think it would be something Starlin-esque, but I don't know. I don't think there's ever been anything like that. Yeah. Now, there's something I read on the Marvel database about, because I was looking up stuff about Mistress Death to see if I... That'd be the place to look. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it doesn't really give me an idea of what issues to look for here. So, by the way, if anyone's listening to this who knows what I'm talking about here, please tell me where this is so I can read this. So, on here it says, Death of Death. An aspect of the living tribunal, the death of death, judges if the mistress deaths of different realities should exist or not. Because of people coming back to life through different means, such as through the powers of the five, which is X-Men, and the Green Door, which is going on right now in Immortal Hulk, mm-hmm. the death of death saw our death as unimportant and nearly killed her. Hmm. Well, when you said, up until you said nearly killed her, I was going to say maybe that's the Realm of Kings, the Cancerverse stuff, where death got killed in an alternate reality and then, like, Cthulhu oh, yeah, monsters stuff. took over. Yeah. But I don't know, nearly killed her. I don't know. I know there was a run in. Uh, the Peter David Captain Marvel series in the early 2000s where there was a guy that tried to take over as the new death. Uh, uh, was that Walker? Yeah. Yeah, because he was uh, going after Marlowe. He was, it was also in Hulk, I think, when Marlowe got killed uh-huh. in around 400 and then was brought back and it was actually death hiding out inside or part of death inside of Marlowe because right. that Walker guy was kind of stalking her. Mm-hmm. And that's how Marlowe came back. Yeah. Uh, now, I do have a bit of a theory. I was just thinking about it. Because on the show, if people are listening, they might know, I've done some episodes where I've gone back to do some Golden Age stories covering the earlier appearances of death in the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. And like the different deaths in the different comics have their own personalities. There's obviously the most famous death in comics, which is the, sister, which is the uh, older sister to Dream from the Sandman. Cute goth girl, right? Exactly. Perky, happy, fun. You know, mm-hmm. she has a job to do. She's not going to be cruel about it. She's just like, hey, it's your time. Right. You know, you know, be seeing you. She's cool. I mean, that's probably the best option you have for death. Yeah. You know, I mean, unless you want to be able to get back to life, in which case you want the death from Bill and Ted. Right. <laughs> you just Melvin him and get the hell out of there. Right. But I've noticed something about Marvel's death. Marvel's death gets involved. Yeah. You know, she cares about what's going on in the universe for her own sake not that she cares about people but she cares about her own interests Mm -hmm. she also seems to get some delight out of it she enjoys seems to enjoy the suffering she seems to enjoy the torture she seems to enjoy the people fighting for their lives i almost wonder if she's letting this happen because now she gets to reap them again that's an interesting theory because like the the death from Thanos rising is just straight up cruel. The one yeah. who who is grooming Thanos from the time he was a teenager is cruel, and you know he she wants him to go commit atrocities. Yeah. So I I would have to say yeah, that's not a bad theory. Yeah, because I was um, my wife's inside watching The Good Place. I don't know if you ever watched it before. I've watched like two episodes. I I can't sit still for sitcoms. <laughs> Okay, so do you care if I spoil what's going on with it? No, go ahead. Okay, so anyone who cares, there's a spoiler coming for The Good Place. They're in hell. It's basically the uh, theory, hell is other people. Mm-hmm. They were all picked because they were all kind of torture each other enough that they would just keep thinking they were in, a, they were in heaven, but be tor- but they're in hell. And they're tor- basically, all these people were picked there to be there because they will be torturing each other without knowing they're torturing each other. That's brilliant. Because based on like the, the like the first three episodes of the show, which is all I've ever watched, that actually makes a ton of sense. Eleanor, what's going on? It took me a while to figure it out. But just now, as we were all fighting and yelling at each other and each one of us demanding we should go to the bad place, I thought to myself, man, this is torture. And then it hit me. 
They're never gonna call a train to take us to the bad place. They can't, because we're already here. This is the bad place. <laughs> oh, man. I can't believe you figured it out. <laughs> oh, God. You, you ruined everything, you know that? Yeah, Ted Denson is not an angel. He is, I don't know if he's a demon or just he works in hell, but, you know, because I only caught the, basically it's been on since I got home from work, and I've caught bits mm -hmm. and pieces of it as I'm walking around the house doing stuff. So I don't know if he's a demon or... Just the guy who works there, but yeah. That's pretty rad. So that's the premise. And I'm, that sounds like, like, like I said, death from Vertigo from DC would not do that. But right. the Marvel death? Right. Yeah. She and would I do think, that. And the interesting thing about DC's death is like there's there's a whole bunch of different versions of death. There's deaths for that comes for different people or different types of people. Like you have like the Black Racer that comes for the Speed Force people. Oh, no, no, the the Black Flash. And then you have the Black Racer who comes for New Gods. Mm -hmm. And it's like their thing is they're just relentless. Like they're they're not, you know, they're like true neutral. You know, they've they've got a job to do. They're going to do it. They're going to run over anybody that gets in their way. But it's not necessarily malevolence. It's just completely <clears throat> relentlessness. It's this is what I do. Right. And that's it. It's kind of like. Um... That Looney Tunes cartoon with the wolf and the sheepdog, they're, they're you know, they right. say good morning to each other and they, they yeah. clock in. Right. And then when they're done, you can see them going out and having dinner together. But during right. the day, their job is, I steal the sheep, you stop me from stealing the sheep. Exactly. And one thing that got me thinking while we were talking, and I thought of this when I brought up the Cancerverse, the one Marvel hero who they've teased bringing back from the dead at least five times and have never done it, the only one that's ever truly stayed dead, and I think it's because you know his death was done so well, is Captain Marvel. Yes. And the the Cancerverse story is all about how Marvel cheated Death on his deathbed, which ended up killing Death, which left the way open for the many angled ones who were like these you know Lovecraftian cosmic monsters to pretty much infect the entire universe. It would be an, an if Marvel ever adopted this you know. My story idea of, you know, there's a in-canon reason the way people can come back from the dead. It would be interesting if, like, Marvel was the anchor that keeps it from going completely overboard. Like, as long as he stays dead. Like, yeah, it, it's it's not that, you know, not everyone that, that comes, you know, everybody can't come back from the dead because Marvel is this anchor. You only get, like, a, a few that slip through the cracks. Yeah, that's another way. To, that's another possibility. That could work. Yeah. That's just yeah. that's just me playing around with story ideas, but I think it's fun. Yeah, I, I, I have, like the idea of Marvel more than I actually like the character. But well, that's a, that's true. A lot of stuff, and honestly, his best stuff is the Starlin issues, which is like ten of them. Right, exactly. And before that, I was like mm, not so much, but yeah, but yeah, that that works too. But also because I have, I read about, but I haven't had a chance to read yet. Thanos Rising, so I kind of had an idea of what happened in that. So yeah, you confirming that that it's death basically torturing him. Kind of, well, it's, uh, it's kind of like she's she's leading him on. It's like, well, if you do all these stuff for me, I'll be your girlfriend. Oh, oh, well, eh, that wasn't quite good enough. If you do this next thing, I'll be your girlfriend. And it gets really, it gets really kind of gross. Uh, you you absolutely should read it. I don't want to. Oh, I, I will be getting there eventually, but I figure I'll wait till I get to that. And I want to say Jason Aaron wrote it, which you know that that should tell you something how good it is, but. Although it does kind of change Thanos a little bit then. Yeah, Thanos got a lot darker after that came out. Or they or he would he'd been getting darker and they were using that to explain why he was so much darker, you know, because they were trying to hype him up because of the MCU. But yeah, it got uh Yeah. That's well, when he well, got really vicious. Also, I'll think of this though. Beforehand, he's kind of he's basically the original incel. Yeah. <laughs> you have to love me. You need yeah. to love me. I mean, I'm reading, as I'm, I don't have to tell you why, rereading Infinity Gauntlet right now. Right. And especially in those first two issues, you know, I'm, I'm up to, I read issues one and two the other day. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he's like, no, you have to love me. 
I've yeah. done things for you that you need to love me. But now this way kind of makes him more the victim. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. he's not so much that as opposed to now it's being teased to do it. Like, I mean, granted, he still did those horrible things. And he really, you know, just because right. somebody you find pretty or attractive tells you, hey, do this horrible thing. You shouldn't just do the horrible thing. Right. <laughs> but, but before it was, you know, like be- before recent years, it was always like mass murder, but it was always clean. You know, it's like he blinked people out, you know, after... After 2000, well, after the first Big Adventures movie came out, it was like slaughter. You know, he would send his his armies down to a planet and wipe out the populace, or he would do it single handed. And he was he was a bloody killer before. And before that, he was always you know just. And I also know that they were you know going by some some different rules about what was okay and what was put out and what was not. But it was always yeah. Yeah, but still, it's 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 you know it's good reading. It's you know a little unsettling, especially the Donny um, the Donny Kate Donny yeah Kate's stuff, especially around the time they introduced uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider and all that. It's like, yeah, I did read that series. Yeah, like the the point where he's talking about where they got like the the Hulk in the pit, and he said you should have seen how Steve Rogers screamed when we threw him in there. Like, oh god. <laughs> And he's oh yeah, it's like his Hulk still like chewing on you know, body parts in the pit. And like, Bleh. it's kind of like Ultimate Hulk. Yeah. Ooh. Nah. Or it's, Blob. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uncanny X Horse Blob. Pork Life. Well, no, I was thinking of Ultimate Blob. Oh yeah, right, right. he eats the wasp. Yeah. Yeah. Which no, I think I, that's I, the last issue of of that book I read. I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't get on board with that book. I thought the issue where like he he kicked uh, Hank Pym's you know, but like cowboy style was pretty funny, but looking back on it, I'm like, oh, you're, you're, you're doing some white male rage there. That's yeah. never mind. That's another thing. But yeah, I, I think that. Sorry, go on. No, no, no. I was just rambling. Yeah, but I think we kind of come up with either the two best possible theories I can I can at least think of for this whole thing. Something involved either something of cosmic balance with Captain Marvel kind of, as long as he stays dead, keeping that balance. Mm-hmm. Almost like a constant, like as you know, Marvel will always stay dead, so therefore, right, it won't tip over. Right, it has to be people, you know, of not cosmic significance, but of not cosmic in the in, in this outer space, but cosmic as in this is important to the way this universe works. Significance, you know, Wolverine is important to the way the superhero world works on earth their wolverine therefore cannot stay dead you know stuff like that yeah and or because they both can be either separate or they can both actually work together it's death also just having fun it's like oh you know what i'll let them come back to life i get to take them again because they're going to die still anyway right now I'm, i'm sitting here staring at my captain america action figure who is reminding me to talk about this yes so uh, Al and I had kind of punted this idea back and forth on Twitter recently in, in DMs. Captain America died at the end of the Civil War. He was truly dead. There was a corpse. It wasn't, you know, there's... And from what I've read, Brubaker had a very different ending to that, oh, that long story arc in mind than what happened. And while Cap was dead, his actual spirit was summoned from the afterlife by Thor so that he could have a last chat and then Thor uses his powers to disrupt all of those communications to give Cap a minute of silence. But then, in Captain America Rebirth, it's revealed that well, his body was dead but his essence was trapped in time. Now, in a recent well, recent uh, in the last 12 months, issue of Captain America. He actually says, I've been dead and brought back before. So, I'm still on the fence as to whether or not his, Captain America's death post-Civil War counts as a retcon death or a death and a resurrection. So, I'm I'm yeah. going to leave it open from there, because I think it could be really interpreted two ways. I, I really wish Brubaker could have done whatever he wanted to do I think there was going to be something about uh, something to do with the super soldier serum bringing him back somehow. But I knew that they were getting ready to do siege and they're like, well, we need to wrap this up and bring back Steve Rogers right now. Okay, fine. Here he is. 
Yeah, that's true. It's like, oh, we got a crossover. We need him for it. Right. Yeah. So that, and I really hated that. I, I hate that story arc too, because the rest of Brubaker's work goes completely downhill after that. And I'm I'm sorry to say, like after, even when he after Siege, when Steve Rogers takes over as Captain America again, and there's a new Captain America series that launches, it is not good. And like everything before that, even with Bucky as Captain America, was so good and just went all downhill after that. So I think it, I think Marvel really burned him out. But like, yeah. anyway, I the point is, about, I don't know if that counts as a true death or not. I didn't think about that with the in conjunction with Siege because I'll tell you the truth, I like Siege at least the four issue miniseries because mm-hmm. I thought it was actually showing Bendis showing like I can do a four issue series, right? You know, I don't have to do twelve issues, but I didn't think about the effect of my, you know, like that part of like, and I can see then why you might not be too fond of it. Cause it took a series. Cause then it affected a series you really liked. Right. Um, no, I, I give you that. I do like siege. Um, I like siege just for that scene where they rip the iron Patriot helmet off of Norman Osborn. And he's got the green goblin paint because there's so much metaphor for things going on right now that I could attribute that to that. I won't, because I don't want to ruin your, I don't want to spoil your podcast with politics, but there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really argue with that. Right. Plus, you have that nice little part of Spider-Man going, told you. Told you so. Yeah. I called it. Mm-hmm. So, a little few more things on death then. Um, okay. Any thoughts on vampires? Because we did mention the fact that the vampires had died, were completely wiped out and then brought back, although it was before the Thanos thing. Yeah, but then the question um, is, vampires are a little different anyway because they're not because they're, they're already undead. technically dead. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I think vampires are a completely separate animal when it comes to true death, capital D death. I see them being, and I know this. They've never incorporated this in in the Marvel universe, but you know, how there's like different gods of death. I see them more of associated with a with a maybe not not Hela or any or any of them, but just a some form of lower level of death. Because, I don't know, something keeps their you know, keeps them going. They've still got a personality and an animated spirit and all that. But um, So maybe something uh, to do with, uh, Ch- I don't know how to pronounce his name, Chython? Chython? Chython, yeah. Chython. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. that's where they come from, so from the dark hole, basically. That's, that's true. Yeah. I, would, so. I would say it has more to do with that and you know, maybe even some weird way with Gaia and, and stuff. I, I don't know. But, yeah, I, I just want to think it's an elder god kind of thing. I'd actually love to see them tie vampires in the set somehow. I think that would be really cool. But Oh, yeah, that's true. Let's see. Is there anyone else to talk about that's like notable death? Any other notable deaths you can think of? That- well, the other example of retcon death becoming an actual death, becoming an actual resurrection is Jean Grey. So we have oh, yes. the, the retcon death of the Phoenix revealing it wasn't really Jean. It was an aspect of the Phoenix Force. Jean comes back. Jean does her thing for several years. Jean dies for real at the end of the Morrison run, and then she's resurrected by Matthew Rosenberg a few years ago, a couple years ago. And then she went on to be in like the best X-Men series ever, X-Men Red. I've heard good things. I'm, not, I'm way behind on X-Men. Oh, pick up anything by Tom Taylor and just read it, just no matter what. Oh, I don't know. I want to say I hear his DC stuff's really good. I haven't crossed over to that yet, but I have read like the first nine issues of all new Wolverine. Those were good. Yeah, they're fantastic. Well, but that is all I got. Uh, as a, and a quick aside then for this death stuff. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I was using, I'm looking up stuff, trying to look at things about death in the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. As I was complaining before we started recording, unfortunately, while I can find a list lists of place of uh, characters who have been resurrected. There's no list of like issues that it happened in, so it's kind of hard to pin down when they happened, which kind right. of makes it annoying. But I'm looking through my copies of Ohatmu, which, for those you don't know, is the official handbook of the Mar- Marvel Universe. This is the deluxe edition, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at issue, the cover for issue 17, which is one of the issues of the Book of the Dead. And it's pretty funny. I mean, there's a few characters I don't know that I'm not sure of, but you have on here the Grim Reaper. Well, he's yep. alive now. Yep. Dracula. Yeah, alive. Uh, Lord Gore from the Inhu- from the uh, Deviants. I know he's alive because this came out before Atlantis attacks. That's true. Yeah. Uh, the Green Goblin, Norman Osborn. Oh yeah, for sure. Drax the Destroyer. Yep. Gamora. Mm-hmm. And Guardian from the um, Alpha Flight. Wow, that's really funny. 
I mean, there's one, two, three, five other characters on there who may or may not be alive. But who I know they? they're all alive. <laughs> who who are those other funny. five? Uh, let's see. I know one's Agatha Harkness. Uh, yeah, I don't know. One is, I believe, Firebrand. Uh, that would have been one of the ones killed um, at the at the the bar with no name, I think. Let's see. Let's so probably. So yeah, yeah. Because if so, he was brought back. Right. Oh yeah. Yep. It says uh, the bartender. Yeah, that's the one. So he's alive. Right. Uh, Hammer and Anvil. I don't know. I have no idea about them. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Who's the blue woman? Oh, Dorma, the Submariner's first love. I think she is still dead. Yeah, I think she's still dead. Yeah, I don't think anybody cares about her. So that's like who's on the front cover. So that's pretty, pretty awesome. Alive. Yeah, that's pretty rad. That's pretty hilarious. Death is truly a revolving door. As we know, the main thing that's going to change death is, of course, popularity and sales. Right. Absolutely. And I don't like think you, said, you can... Wolverine yeah. will keep coming back. Right. And, you know, you, you know it's kind of like every time you, you take Cap, you know, Steve Rogers out of the Captain America uniform, he's effectively dead. And then they're like, well, well, let's just put him, you know, let's do that for like a year and a half and put him back in. Well, yeah, there are certain characters, you know, whatever they do to them, whether they just age them, kill them, break their backs, put right. them in, you know, put the uh, have someone else take over for them. They're going to come back. You know, right. Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, Wolverine, Spider-Man, Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman. They will be back. If you think otherwise, then you probably also think that John Walker has actually been Captain America since 1986. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or that um, Thunderstrike has been Thor since 1991 or whatever it was. Or oh, 1990. Goodness. No, no, no. <laughs> Let's not. <laughs> You know, it's like, no, 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 trust me. These guys, doesn't matter. It's not going to last. Right. Exactly. You know, the ones that might last for are the minor are the more B or C list characters, unless you get somebody who's really interested in them to write. Right. Like, honestly, I was very surprised when Magic was brought back to life from the X-Men. I don't know. So she, she was the only new mutant I ever liked as a kid. So I was I was glad when they brought her back. I don't necessarily oh. like how they brought her back, but I'm glad that they did. Let's not put surprise for liking. My pretty much one of my favorite X characters. Like, right. if you're talking Marvel characters, or at least you know, or if we're just going to specify as female Marvel characters, top five always. Right. But I was still surprised. I really did not think she was coming back again at all. So, which is the hottest Marvel character? Iron Man. Ant Man. I can't decide between Professor X and Magneto. So both. Loki. Is Wolverine Marvel? <laughs> What about uh, White Tiger? What about uh, White Tiger? <laughs> Doc Samson. Uh, Star Fox. That's a video game. The girls go on a journey to determine every Marvel character's hotness in Ohatmu or Not, the official handbook of the Marvel Universe podcast you didn't know you wanted. Available on iTunes and at fireandwaterpodcast.com. It is now time for feedback. And the feedback this time is from episode 108, which was the last part of our comic book ages episodes on Facebook. I really forgot to kind of share this on Facebook. So there was no likes or shares from Facebook. That's my fault. On Twitter, however, I did remember. And it was liked and retweeted by Last Sons of Krypton, Connor McKenna, David Finn, Viet Huynh, Toys and Sometimes Jokes, Attila and Rising, Angry Old Man Podcast, Nexus of All, Ghost Rider Podcast, Jason Snick Venable, Into the Night, John M. Wilson, Marshawn, David Wen, Marvel Universe Online, Dorelid, Gay Lois Lane, Brian Zorick, Travis Ellisor, and AdFreeTalkRadio.com. We also, when we do our feedback, like to thank a few more of the people on Tumblr who follow our Tumblr page, ResurrectionsAdamWarlock.tumblr.com. So, thank you to JK Walk 1012, Gaga Jambuka. Wow. Gaga Jambulaka. Sure. 
Virtual Banana Neck Creator, Gaga Jam, and Bizo Bizag. Bizo Bizagamet. Bizo 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 Bizagamet. Bizo Bizagamet. Bizo Bizagamet. Bizo I have no idea if I'm going to pronounce that closely right. Swear to God, it's like Tumblr is where... Tumblr is made for names that are not meant to be pronounced at all. And yet I try and do that every episode. I'm just stupid. But I still want to thank them anyway. Alright, if you want to hear your name either said or butchered, well, be like these people. Follow us on Tumblr, resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com. You can also follow our page there. We post stuff most days on Twitter at Adam Thanos Pod. Talk to us on there. I'll talk about comics, not just Marvel Cosmic stuff. On Facebook, especially when I actually remember to share the episodes, just type in Adam Warlock or Thanos in the search box. We'll pop up. You can always send an email to resurrectionpodcast at yahoo.com or leave an iTunes review. It's been about a year since I got one. It'd be really awesome to get one this year. This show is also part of The Collective. The Collective is a loose confederation of like-minded podcasters who just want to be able to network together and share ideas, help cross-promote, do crossovers, fun things like that. Shows in The Collective include Into the Night, Nexus of All Realities, and Capes and Lunatics. This show can now be found on Stitcher. In case you don't know what Stitcher is, Stitcher is Radio On Demand, a free app that lets you listen to all your favorite shows plus discovered from 20,000 others. Available on iOS, Android, Nook, and iPad. Don't have Stitcher? Download it free today at Stitcher.com or in the App Store. Hey there. I'm sure you know about the Capes and Lunatics podcast, but have you heard about the Capes and Lunatics Sidekicks podcast? It's a fun home for classic and new reviews of just about everything. We have the Ultimate Spider Cast, where we cover everything Spider-Man. The Quantum Zone, where we talk the classic Marvel character Quasar and do deep dives on the cosmic side of Marvel. We also have Comic Capers, where we cover everything old and new in comics. It could be anything, any company, any decade. And we also have our Media Mondays, where we cover some kind of TV show, be it a Arrowverse uh, current hit or our summer specials where we do reviews of uh, classic episodes of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer spinoff Angel. So, if you're a fan of pop culture and media, you should really check it out. And I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Hey guys, it's Grant. Sorry I had to skip out on Al, but there was a Hydra uprising at my local Cracker Barrel, and when they got to the orange cream sodas, it got pretty ugly. But anyway, I had a lot of fun being on the show, talking about my quirky little fan theories. Um, hope you guys had fun listening to me on Al's show. Uh, if you like my shenanigans, please check out Sentinel of Liberty, a Captain America podcast, where, of course, I talk about Captain America. On the main segment of the show, I'm currently on up to 1981, which is the beginning of the J.M. DeMatteis, Mike Zek run. And on the back end of the show, May Not of Time, I'm skipping back and forth between Steve Englehart's run in the early 70s, and I'm about to start the post-Secret Wars 3 um, Sam Wilson and Hydra Cap arcs of Marvel Comics. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter at What Would Cap Do. I talk about the show. I talk about Captain America. I talk about comics. And I talk about the philosophy of What Would Cap Do, which is my own personal feelings on uh, mental, physical, and emotional development. Um, so please check that out and I'll talk to you guys later. All right. That's all for this month. Like Grant said, we had a bit of a Hydra attack, so we had to cut everything short, but I think we got a lot out there anyway. Maybe we'll go back to this topic again at some other point. We'll see. But for now, that's all for February. Remember, like I said last time, the show is a temporarily on hiatus. I'm trying to get myself caught up so I don't worry about being behind in episodes anymore. It's looking now like May will be the month we come back fully. But until then, we're going to have at least one episode out a month because I don't want you to think 
We're pod fading. We are not. This show will continue. I promise or threaten whatever's appropriate. Bye. Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, is a fan-made production, and no copyright infringement is intended, or happening, or even understood. The opening music for this podcast is Intro Pompeii by Lino Rise, and the closing music is Dark and Dramatic by DJ Puzzle. Both are licensed by the Creative Commons license. You can find Lino Rise at free-intro-music.com and DJ Puzzle at peaceloveproductions.com. Links to both can be found on the Tumblr page. Yeah, it's gonna be an informal. I just figured it was a fun little topic to chat about for a little bit. And since I have the show on hiatus for a few months, I just wanted to get like I'm trying to get like an episode out a month, basically right now while I'm doing the hiatus, just something fun. So this is my February thing. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same. I'm I'm trying to find time to do an episode every two weeks, and they're coming out like almost once a month by now. On yeah. Liberty, because I'm just I'm just swamped with life. <laughs> yeah, because I'm trying to get caught up on those, so I get a couple trying to edit all the episodes I've already recorded that are coming out after that right. in May. And also, I've been trying to start a new show, but it's, you know that, how the fun that goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I put out like one episode of a new show and I'm like, nope, don't have time for this. No, thank you. Yeah, I figure if I can get caught up enough ahead on those, then I can start the new one and not be too horrible. Right. And yeah, it makes me really want to punch John sometimes. <laughs> I don't know how he does it. And he has two kids. Exactly. It's like, I got me and my wife and the dog. How do I not have the time? I, I have no, I I can't imagine. He And, and plus, he, he reads at a phenomenal pace, too. Like, he was, he was saying something, oh, I started the wheel, I, I started rereading the Wheel of Time yesterday. Oh, I finished the book two days later. I'm like, God, what do you, <laughs> okay. I hate you so much sometimes, dude. Yep. Like, ah. <laughs> In a good way. Right, right. All right. <clears throat> Give me a second. We'll introduce and we'll get started on this. Sure.